0: Brad, have you followed the Sorry. Hornets game at all tonight?
1: I just flipped it over because I didn't even know they were playing right now.
0: Oh, it's it's been I quite it's been quite the game so far. Um,
1: yeah, I see that it's halftime.
0: Yeah, and Dwight Howard's already got 14 rebounds. Um, and and Frank Kaminsky hasn't missed a shot. He's four for four. And oh wow! And he dunked on Giannis. He did. He he did. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Fourth and Short podcast. This is Brian, joined as always by Brad and John. How are you guys doing
1: tonight? The yeah, yeah, I've been better.
0: <laughs> if we're going by yeah. our moods are affected by the Panthers games, then we're it's it's rock bottom.
1: Ooh. yeah, rock, that, rock
0: that, bottom.
2: Rock bottom. Yeah, we might as well just get right into it. That game was just
0: trash. It was awful. awful. A horrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, it's a good word. No good. Horrendous. People
1: should be fired.
0: At least yeah, one person it. should be fired.
2: Yeah, you guys were bringing that up this week. Um, get rid of Mike Shula and or Ron Rivera.
1: If, and
0: I've seen very little people say only Ron Rivera, not Mike Shula, and if that's your take, I'm, I'm very confused.
1: Yeah, Shula. unless your last name is Shula, I don't understand that <laughs> take at all.
0: I, I still wouldn't understand it if your last name is Shula because Ron is gone to bat for you or your relative if your last name is Shula.
1: Yeah. I mean today, Joe Person asked him, so are what are your thoughts about Shula? And Ron said that he he has a, he has gave him a vote of confidence, saying it's not the play calling, that that's not the problem. And, you know, he's spouting this bullshit like, you know, we're three plays away from winning the game against the Bears. Did you fucking watch the game <laughs> against the Bears? I mean, I know you were on the sideline, but were you actually watching what was on the field? Because what I saw, I saw Jonathan Stewart being handed the ball on first down for negative 2 yards. I saw Jonathan Stewart being handed the ball on second down for positive 2 yards. I saw Jonathan Stewart being handed the ball for 3 yards on third down. And then we punted the ball. And then the next time, what did we do? We fucking did it again. (laughs) We had Jonathan Stewart on first down for negative 2 yards. Then we had Jonathan Stewart on second down for negative 2 yards. You know, we we talk about this. It seems like every damn time that we do this podcast, that Jonathan Stewart is either a done, b not trying because he knows the offensive line can't block for him, or c his legs are broken. There's there's no other explanation for it, and we see this every single time and yet we're still seeing the exact same play with the exact same result every fucking time. Why are we still doing it? How can you have confidence in an offensive coordinator that does something like that?
0: That's the thing is <laughs> that was Brad mad. Um, I was going to say Brad. I am pissed.
2: Breath, calm down.
0: It's, it's the thing Relax. is, I know you don't want to throw people under the bus, but, I don't think it's throwing somebody under the bus to say, what we're doing right now isn't working and we need to get better. Because that's, exactly. not, that's not throwing blame on anybody. That's not, that's not, like I said, it's not throwing anybody under the bus. It's just acknowledging what everybody already knows to be true. And I think that makes you look a lot better in the eyes of the people that are listening if you at least acknowledge when there's an obvious problem. Saying, no, we're fine. We just need a couple, a couple balls to bounce our way and everything's A-OK. It's like, okay, that loses – I know fan confidence isn't that important in the grand scheme of things as a coach, but it doesn't hurt to have.
2: And the other thing about what you just said about balls bouncing your way is there are situations where that makes sense to say. I mean, I could I could argue that the Panthers' Super Bowl loss was a few balls here or there bouncing the right way, and suddenly it's a better game
0: compared. Oh, it absolutely but. applies in certain cases. But yeah. In
2: this year's in this this year's iteration of the Panthers is so up and down it's maddening. And they tr- like every now and again we see that stroke of brilliance from Mike Shula. I mean like that Fozzy Whitaker play where they used Cam uh, Christian McCaffrey as a decoy. Brilliant. Brilliant play. And there are the plays where Christian McCaffrey's wide open down the field and he doesn't get hit. That's good play calling by Mike Shula. You know, it just, if the, can't, if the throw's not made, whatever. But what really pisses me off is that against the bear, like, we, we've all been complaining about it for the last few weeks. Jonathan Stewart up the middle, first down, first play of the game, maybe two yards at best. So what does Mike Shula bring out to do something different this week? Christian McCaffrey up the
0: middle <laughs> for two
2: yards. It's like... That's not what we're asking for. We're not asking you to <laughs>
0: hand it to a different player. We're asking you to do something different. Next like, week, next week, we're going to have like Cameron paint up the middle for minus one yard.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, he's just going to keep running it with a different guy every time. <laughs> it's going to be the same useless play. Yeah. I'm telling you, and you both know this. If we were to run play action on that and throw it down the field to Devin Funches, it would be a, an 80 yard touchdown. <laughs> I mean, nobody would see it coming. Because everyone expects – I mean, Chicago, two things. One, it's John Fox. So you know he's going to just play defense and hope that his defense can score, and he doesn't have to trust anyone on his offense, which is exactly what happened. And two, apparently Ron and Mike can't count. Because when I watched the game, I saw nine-man boxes. I saw nine people stacked in the middle of the field. Why would you run the ball there? Somebody, it just it doesn't make any sense.
0: That GIF has been going around in the a couple threads today, and we it was it was just a regular power play, which is fine. And as we talked about it before, um, Chicago we had one wide receiver on the field and two tight ends and a fullback. So we had, so they we had we had ten people in the offensive version of the box, and the Bears had nine. That is, and then Cam's not involved. That's eighteen people in a what? 20 square yard area on the field and somehow it's probably
1: not even that big of
3: a square, but yeah.
0: <laughs> and and we're thinking that's going to consistently be a way to gain yardage with, with the players that we have on this team. It's probably not.
1: Yeah. And not to take anything away from Chicago, their defense is actually really good. You know, yes. I don't want this to sound like, like we should have won 72 to nothing. Cause they're, they didn't belong on the same field, but you know, when you can't score more than three points, and your offense has players like Cam Newton, Kelvin Benjamin, Jonathan Stewart, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, you, you should be able to do more than three points with that group of players. And I mean, let's let's be real. Mitch Trubisky threw seven passes on Sunday. Not seven completions, not seven deep balls for first downs, not seven touchdowns, not seven whatever. He threw the ball seven times, literally seven times. We, uh, he completed four of them.
0: Which is how many times he was also sacked. We had as many sacks yeah. as pass completions allowed.
1: Yeah, they gave up five first downs, and two of those were in the last three minutes of the game when Chicago was running out the clock. They After had, that
0: asinine decision to punt, sorry, go on. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute.
1: <laughs> um, because I'm I'm really mad about that too. Yeah, um, everybody should be. But yeah, but you know, Chicago had had five first downs. They they completed four passes out of seven. One of those happened to be for like seventy yards. Otherwise, Trubisky only had like thirty two yards passing on the whole day, and we lost. And People have, have been on me all day ever since I wrote that Ron Rivera should be fired article, mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter, people are saying it's stupid to fire Ron Rivera. Now it was just a bad game. We're, we have injuries stacking up. That's not the issue. The issue is this is a systemic breakdown. There is a problem. When you have a problem with your foundation and your house, you fix it. You don't paint the walls, you fix the foundation. And until we do that, we're going to keep seeing these issues. This goes beyond our offensive line sucks or, you know, Jonathan Stewart isn't what he used to be. Uh, I mean, it, it goes way beyond that. We lost to a team that could not move the ball if they wanted to on our defense, our defense deserved to win that game. We gave up, they gave up three points and five first downs all day. Now, yes, it was a John Fox team that, that kind of takes away from it a little bit. But when you give up three points and five first downs in the NFL, you control time of possession. You, you move the ball fairly decent, but just simply not good enough. You know, there's no reason why you should lose none.
2: So you speak of foundation there, Brad, and I actually was going to get to that myself. So the foundation of the current Panthers offense, despite all this window dressing of it being an evolved offense and adding these pieces in who are going to bring speed and blah, 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 it's still a power rushing attack. So I totally understand why the team would continue to run the ball. And actually, towards the end, towards the, you know, the second half, second end of the second quarter, the rushing attack still kind of worked, was starting to kind of work. In a way. Um, But in the end, it's like this team just doesn't seem to be designed to do that anymore. And that's... Yeah, you know...
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you you made a good point when you said it started to work. you know why it started to work? We put Alex Armai in at fullback. And he, he was in for like one or two plays. And on one of those plays in particular, Jonathan Stewart rushed for like 12 yards. It was more than he had ran for in the last three weeks combined. And he did it on one play with Alex Armah as a lead blocker and at fullback. Why didn't we keep him in the game? So the
2: only thing that I was going to bring up as far as that goes is, foundationally speaking, the Panthers' offense is power rushing the track. And I don't think they're going to stray away from that no matter how shitty the rushing attack has been. That said, there were a couple different things that I saw that I really didn't understand. So you want to bring this new dimension to the offense with Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel, where you use them out wide, you use them in the backfield, blah, 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 whatever. We know the offense is not doing well running the ball when there's a bunch of guys in the box. So why in the hell do you have Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Punch split out wide, and you motion Devin Funches into the tight end spot. Because that telegraphs what the hell is happening on that play, in <laughs> my opinion. Like, that that means that they're going to run the ball up the middle. It's not going to be a toss play if it's Jonathan Stewart's in there. It's probably not going to be a play-action pass because Devin Funches has never lined up at tight end in the NFL. Why are you doing that? that? Those are the kind of things that drive me nuts about this offense. It's like, that play probably would have turned out better if they just kept Devin Funches out wide, not that Devin Funches can't block, but when you throw that many people into the box, that means you're probably going to run the ball. And even if you have more guys on the offensive line, than the defense has in the box, the defense still knows what's coming. So that's what confuses me is that this pan, this panther's offense is no longer good enough. As far as blocking goes to say, Hey, we're going to line up like this. You know, we're probably going to run the ball. You're going to have to stop it. Now it's that they need to try to manufacture yards on the ground without telegraphing what they're doing.
1: And that's what what kills me the most. That goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, we're three guys who just like watching football for the fun of it. None of us are professionals. We don't work in the NFL. We don't, we're not coordinators and we can see it. And it's obvious to us. We see it plain as day and how do they not expect professional defensive scouts and coordinators and assistant coaches to not also see it and understand it and figure it out?
2: And if the Panthers had the Cowboys' offensive line, a play like the one that I just described with punches moving into the middle, then I could see it because the Cowboys' offensive line can, can beat you even if you know they're going to throw a candleball on to Ezekiel Elliott. I should say last year's Cowboys because this year's Cowboys apparently haven't been that great at it. But, like, regardless, great offensive lines that are built to run the ball. It's not about being deceptive. It's about saying, you know, it's about trusting what you have in front of you. Where this Panthers offense really seems like they are going to win based on the misdirection and the play action and... The gent like throwing the ball down the field, all the kind of stuff you can't really telegraph from the line of scrimmage just based on an alignment. But they continue to beat their heads against the brick wall and run the ball with Jonathan Stewart into nine man boxes and telegraph what the hell they're doing. And that's what that is not going to win games for this team. In fact, I would argue almost every game they won this year, aside from maybe the Bills game because they only scored nine points, they weren't be- beating their heads against the wall. They were allowing Cam Newton to do what he does, and they were allowing Christian McCaffrey to get, get the ball in his hands. And the other issue is, obviously, Cam Newton needs to hit Christian McCaffrey when he's open. That's something that's not on Mike Shula. I will fully say that. But still, McCaffrey's is obviously a big part of this offense, and they're going to do well if they get the ball in his hands in space.
0: He, the thing is, and like you said, it's like, and we've talked about this all the time, where this offense is all about taking what we have and trying to make it fit what we want to do instead of taking what we have and putting it to the best use it is. Like you said, our line is not equipped to blow people off the line of scrimmage and pick up yardage. We – it just isn't there, especially when we have no – absolutely no threat over the top in the passing game. Like that's why teams can put nine people in the box. If, if If I'm a safety, my first step every play is forward. If I'm playing back because I have no, I don't, I'm not scared of Kelvin Benjamin running past me. I'm not scared of Devin Funches running past me. I'm not scared of Curtis Samuel running past me. Cause we haven't even tried it yet.
1: And, and he'll drop the ball. So it I don't doesn't even really care be. if
0: he drops it. I just want us to give him a shot. Ted Ginn dropped it more often. Like, you know, yeah, a lot of the times, true. all you need him to do is catch one. And then that, you know, now you can't, hit your defender. defender, the last thing you want, if you're a safety is to get burnt over the top and give up a touchdown. Because that's like you know that's the cardinal sin of being a safety. If even if Colonel Samuel only catches one out of four, you're not taking that chance as a safety to say I'll I'll let him go. He there he might not catch it. There's there's okay. a lot of stuff that's that's wrong with this offense. And It's just I don't I don't even know how to put all my thoughts together in a coherent form.
2: <laughs> it's definitely the offense too, because I mean like. I, I hate to say it because the Panthers' defense has not been getting turnovers, but the defense itself has played extremely well this year. Yes. And I think part of the issue with turnovers has been mainly just that the Panthers are sacking the quarterback too much, honestly. Like, that that's my honest opinion, is, like, they are getting too much pressure on quarterbacks for them to make mistakes. Like, they they end up putting them on the ground, or they end up forcing them to make a really shitty pass that doesn't actually make it to the secondary. And obviously things like the Bradbury dropped interceptions this Sunday are not a good thing. But, like, they really, the defense itself really hasn't had a lot of opportunities to make interceptions. No. And, like, obviously forcing fumbles is something they could definitely do better at, but at the same time, like, forcing fumbles is a lot harder than intercepting passes.
0: There's a lot of luck to it. A lot of luck to turnovers in general. And we just haven't had it yet. I mean, there's been we have dropped our share of interceptions, but it's just it's just like you said. It's like either we're not getting a lot of like errant throws. It's either like we get to the quarterback, or it's either we sack the quarterback, or they get a clean throw. There's kind of a lot of no man's land for the DBs in a sense.
2: Right. And so yeah, that's that's kind of like the defense itself has done pretty much everything I could have asked of them so far with the without Kurt Coleman in there and without Luke Keeley. And obviously those guys will be back at some point. But as Brad alluded to earlier, situational play calling, really big deal. Like, both of uh, two of the three Panthers' losses this year had to do with the fact that Ron Rivera just decided to be gutless and not go for it. And the worst part about that is against the Bears, there was no indication whatsoever that even if he went for it on that fourth down where they punted, and missed it, the Bears are going to do anything with that opportunity, and that's what drives me crazy about this team right now, is that, like, Ron Rivera has been talking for the last five years about going in, hitting him in the mouth, twisting the knife, and, like, every year, it seems like he he learns eventually, but by then, they've already lost three or four games because of him being gutless, and...
1: Oh, he's the master at figuring out the best way to do the least amount of effort and trying and then manage to keep his job year to year. He's got it down to a science because you're exactly right. He is a spineless, gutless coward. Until his job is on the line, and then he will do whatever he has to do to stay employed. And it's absolutely disgusting that we have to put up with this bullshit week in and week out, and we have to see him stand in front of the media and say all these. Bullshit, banal platitudes about how we're evolving and how the offense is fine and how the play calling is working and it's lack of execution. No, the fuck it's not. It's not a lack of execution, Ron. It's a lack of leadership. It's a lack of belief in your players and it's a lack of balls. You have no balls. That's and be- until you get a set of balls, we will not win a Super Bowl with you at the helm.
0: That's gotta be the most deflating thing as a player. The amount of time—I mean, I mean—I'm sure I know they all—they seem behind them and stuff, but that can't be good if you're a player. The amount of times punting basically says, "I don't," you know. There's no time where punting is like a compliment to anybody on your team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And every every time we get, I
1: don't believe you can get these three yards. That's what it's
0: or make this field goal.
1: or make this field goal or, you know, the only time you should punt is when you're inside your own 40 and it's early in the game. And you know, like if it's fourth and 15 on your own 35, you should punt. That's it. If it's, if it's fourth and one, you've got Cam Newton as your quarterback. If he takes the ball under center and falls down, he's six, five that's more than 1 yard you know all he has to do is fall down and he gets a yard you know put it in his hands i i'll give ron credit for one thing they did go for it on fourth down one time yesterday and they didn't get it they ran the wrong play oh but,
2: i have know, to say about that play too go ahead yeah,
1: that that's fine but like going back to the punt both of them it's the there's like there's like 13 minutes left in the game. Okay. It's 17 to three. You're on the 35 yard 38 yard line of, of the bears. It's the bears. They've had three first downs at this point all day. Mitch Trubisky's completed three passes of five or something like that. You're down by two touchdowns and you fucking punt. It, and I don't I mean, care. Seriously? It, was, even John it was Fox wouldn't have even punted that ball
0: it was fourth and long but and but like like you said the bears at that point their last their first two drives of the second half three plays one yard punt three plays five yards punt
1: yeah <laughs> You go for it. I mean, worst-case scenario, they have the ball on the 40-yard line, and they get to midfield, and they pin you back a little bit after they have to punt. So fucking what? Go for it. For all you know, they leave Devin Funches wide open in the end zone, and he scores a touchdown, and I get seven fantasy points out of it. You know? Nobody
0: cares about your fantasy team. Nobody cares about (laughs) my fantasy team, I know. But
1: seriously. you
2: started Funches is the reason why we lost, by
0: the way. Oh, I know it is. The the, the last punt, though – to me, was is the much, much more egregious one. There's, there's three forty-four left in the game. We have two timeouts, and I don't care that it's fourth and twelve on our nine-yard line. There is no upside to punting that ball away. The only no. way you win that game is by picking up that fourth down. The best case scenario off a of punt is either obviously in the base, like they fumble it or they commit a stupid penalty. But the best case scenario in like real world outcomes is that they go three and out, there's two minutes on the clock for you to score two touchdowns with no timeouts, and you're going to be starting on your own 10 to 20-yard line. It's, yeah. And then, and then we're basically counting on two Hail Marys to win us the game. And it, yeah.
1: it's like I said. Ron chose, Ron chose losing 17 to 3 instead of 20 or 24 to 3. Yes. Or, or 17 to 10, depending on how that play went. And it's, you can't do that.
0: And I said it. I've kind of said it, and I kind of took this idea from someone else. And it's like we coach with. Well, Ron, we don't coach. Ron Bear coaches with. Like priority number one is I don't want to make a decision outside of what the book says that might hurt the team. And it's like, I don't care what the you know what the situation is. I like nobody wants to see your team punting in these situations. And it's like I would rather lose a game by two touchdowns than lose the game by three touchdowns because I made a gutsy call. It's like he's so scared of making having a gutsy call backfire that he will basically wave the white flag in the favor of conservatism.
1: Yeah, it's like he's going go to go to Jerry Richardson's office tomorrow and say, hey, we only lost 17-3. to three. Yeah, at least you we know, didn't turn the ball and over and on downs. And at least the we, we didn't turn the ball over. We won time of possession. We did this, we did that. You still lost, Ron, you know. When, when you have fourth down and you're losing in the fourth quarter, you go for it. It's common sense. There is not another coach in the league that would have punted that ball. Not even John Fox. No, and I know we've made fun of John Fox a lot because he's traumatized us. <laughs> but John Fox would have gone for it on fourth down there. There's no question in my mind that he wouldn't have.
0: Well, like... so, can I Can I interject real quick? Yeah, yeah. So,
2: the Panthers have been the most successful when they are actually trying to go for a fourth down and make those best calls. And, arguably, you have the best fourth down weapon in the NFL in Cam Newton. And you arguably have one of the better fourth down weapons in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey as well. So this whole idea of, like, punting the ball and trusting your defense just doesn't make a whole lot of freaking sense to me. Like, <clears throat> as you said about the fourth down run on fourth and two, like, Cam could have fallen down and gotten it. And what pissed me off most about that call was they lined him up in the shotgun for it. It's like, see so you're making him gain three more yards on top of the two you already need to get that fourth down. That, that play call made no goddamn sense to me.
0: Running. It's a great play call in 2015 when we actually got consistent decent push. In 2017, it's not a good play call. And that's the thing oh, no. that's been an oh. issue. Is we we aren't adapting to our team situation. It's it's like we can't run the ball, so we can't be a running team. I know we want to be a running team, but that's not in the cards right now. Adapt the way it goes, but then at the same time Mac from WFNZ said this, and I I disagree with about 99% of what he says, but he was right with this. We took, and, I, and I, I'm and adding a little bit to this. We talked about evolving our offense. We took a guy that was already bad at calling the offense that he is, like, is his bread and butter, and he's already bad at that, and we asked him to be the guy to lead our offense in a new direction with a new approach. Like, how how else was that going to go?
1: Yeah, it's 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 – it never made any sense in the first place. When Ron talked about evolving the offense in the summer, you know, we're all like, "Well, where's the new offensive coordinator?" And and I took like, it to
0: mean uh, evolving the offenses and adding new pieces to it. We meant evolving the offenses and like we're going to try to do something else. And there's yeah. no, it's we're taking oh, we're we're not we're, we finally started letting Cam run again, and amazingly enough, it's opened up the offense to an extent. But like we're asking him to make throws he's the least proficient at. We're calling plays that our offensive coordinator is the least proficient at calling. It does not fit with the skill sets of most of the offensive personnel. And for and then it's just like apparently we think it's okay though.
1: Yeah, it's okay because we only lost seventeen to three. And according to Ron, we were only three plays away from winning that game.
0: If it was only three plays, we would have scored points in the second half. The score was seventeen to three at halftime. The entire yeah. second half was the reason we lost the game, as much as the three plays that he's referring to. So
1: yeah. I mean, now I will gi- I will give him credit. The three plays he's talking about, you know, they did have an an, an impact on the game. Yeah. Especially were, the two turnovers, they were terrible. But like you just said, the second half is why we lost.
0: You take away those, you take completely remove those three drives, the three plays from the game. We still scored three points. Yeah. I almost drives. think the
1: game would have been worse had that happened, because I think beating the Bears 3-0 would have been <laughs> worse somehow than losing 17-3, because at least we can explain it away with, well, they scored two defensive touchdowns. Yes. I, would, I actually feel better about losing 17-3 than I would have felt about winning 3-0. That would have made me less confident in our team. Uh, I can't. As strange it as that sounds.
2: This game reminds me of the Bills game. Because,
1: yes. because like the, the Panthers
2: really didn't deserve to walk out of that game with a win, because they scored nine freaking points, despite their defense allowing three, which could have potentially turned into ten and could have been another Bears game.
1: Yeah, we got bailed out by a drop. Yeah,
2: so that's the thing that really concerns me about this Panthers offense this year, is that They go in, they play a top 15, top 16 defense, and they can't even put up a freaking touchdown. Like, granted, and like you guys said, those three plays were a big deal. In fact, those plays couldn't have gone any worse for the Panthers. But at the same time, like, they had the entire rest of the game to make plays, and they didn't do it. So, as far as that goes with Mike Shula, like, I understand the idea of changing the offense a little bit getting the quick passing game in there and we've seen we've seen but it didn't work out for cam Newton it really it really hasn't it didn't throughout the first few weeks while he was recovering cam Newton's strength is always going to be the deep passing game the the middle to in the middle to deep passing game he's not going to be great at the short passing game obviously that one pass where he threw the ball 10 yards over Christian McCaffrey's head is really frustrating because that's an easy, an easy completion for an NFL quarterback but bottom line is you still got to scheme the Cam Newton's strengths. That said, they seem to be trying to do that, but they're also making things way more difficult for Cam. And the, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is how much longer are we going to make the offense 100% about Cam Newton? Because that's essentially what the Panthers have to do to win anymore, is that Cam Newton has to be the driving force in the offense. Like he, The running game not there. The short passing game is not really there. He's got to be throwing the ball 15 to 20 yards downfield for this team to win. How long are we yeah. going to do
1: that? He's also to, further single point, touchdowns. To, to further your point, um, I just saw this on Twitter. Carolina's running backs have 149 carries for 419 yards. That's 2.8 <laughs> yards per carry and no touchdowns. It's the worst rate in the NFL. It's and, bad. We That's saw terrible. In, in
2: 2015, one could probably argue that Cam Newton was the offense then. And it worked out. But we also had a pretty good rushing attack at that time. And we also had a defense that forced turnovers and scored points. So there's got to be a – there has to be a middle ground here. Like, if you want Cam Newton to be the offense, you need to have an elite defense. Or if you want Cam Newton to – mostly lead the offense, you need to have a power rushing attack that complements his ability. Currently, the Panthers don't have either of those. What they have in their defense is a really good one that stops teams and gets sacks, but they don't cause turnovers to give the Panthers a short field. Because that's been the theme this year for the Panthers, is that they don't really seem to get short fields. They have to drive the ball 70, 80, 90 yards just to get into scoring range.
0: And
2: then stall out the field goal. Yeah, because ultimately by then, the defense has figured out what the hell's going on, or the Panthers find a way to make the mistake, like they have seemed to consistently do this year. It's it's just maddening because like the Panthers do their best when they either have a shorter field or they have the ability to run the ball because it takes the ball out of it, Cam can't be the one throwing the ball forty to fifty times a game. I love Cam Newton to death, but he is not that quarterback. And they have to find a way to make that not happen. I, it, it's,
0: it's like, the other thing about the offense, we talked about the predictability and stuff. If you want to look, if you want to see the most like homogenous wide receiver route tree you've ever seen, look at Kelvin Benjamin's routes that he runs. He runs nothing but like eight-yard ins and eight-yard outs. Like, it's it's like... I don't know. I, know. I know I'm kind of like all over the place. It's just there's so many things I need to complain about. And I don't know where to fit them in. It's just it's um. there's just no originality to it. There's no creativity to it. And I think that's why we're getting to these situations where we can't sustain these drives for forever because everything we do teams have seen before and they know what we're going to run in every situation, especially in the Yeah, ret-up. we never
1: change the plan for the situation. Like it doesn't matter – you know, who the opponent is, if it's like, just an example, if it's second and nine, we're running this play. and
0: It's going to be a it handoff. Doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter if there's a three-man front, a five-man front, a ten-man front. Hell, they could put 15 guys on the field. We're going to run the same play, and it doesn't matter. You know, we're going to hand it off to Jonathan Stewart, and he's going to lose yards. Oh, great. It, it There's no... There's no, there's no, like Johnny said, there's no variety, there's no change, there's no quote evolution. We we just it's evolving offense quote unquote is just a cute code word way to say we don't know what the fuck we're doing.
2: We we
1: were too naive and we bought it and now we're having to pay for it and suffer for it.
2: A great example of what of the point you just made, Brad. So, I know we were all in the Slack chat at this time. It was early on in, the, in I think, the first quarter against the Bears. There was that play by Devin Funchess where Cam Newton threw what essentially was supposed to be an out route, and Devin Funchess ran a really bad route against Kyle Fuller, and uh, it was an a Second down. So, then it went to third down, and they ran the same goddamn play to Devin Funches and he ran a better route and made the catch but Kyle Fuller was on it so fast that he pushed him out of bounds before he could even get his feet down and that was an that was frustrating because there are multiple things I have a problem with on that play number 1 you ran the same damn route with Devin Funches in that situation number 2 it was against Kyle Fuller who was shutting down the Panthers number one the Panthers receivers anytime someone threw to that side like, couldn't you just move Devin Funches over to the other side and run that route? No. Apparently, it had to go against Kyle Fuller. Here's
0: the other thing. And oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish, finish your I was going to
2: say, number three is that you're forcing Cam Newton to make a really difficult throw on third down. Like, on second down, I understand that. Like, because if you don't make the completion, whatever, it's third down. But you're making Cam Newton make the exact same throw into the exact same coverage against the exact same guy who just shut it down last time. On third down, would shut down the drive, and they had to the punch it. So, but anyway, go ahead,
0: John. Well, to continue with the route stuff, uh, I see a lot of people that like, complain about this, and like in the other direction, and I see, and I disagree with it. We have this thing where if we do try to throw the ball for the first down, especially on third, we we try to pick up the exact amount of yardage we need. So if it's if it's third and seven, you can you can bet your bottom dollar. That we're going to be throwing like a seven-yard stop route to Greg Olson if he's playing, or like a quick a quick in route to Kelvin Benjamin. It's like there's it's it's and then like you said with Kel- with Devin Funchess, it's third and whatever you said, third and nine, third and ten. You know Kelvin, okay. you know Devin Funches is not going more than ten yards up the field before he breaks his stem. It's it's about the most conservative thing you would do. It's the way we call games. Reminds me of how I used to call games when I played Madden. And I haven't played Madden since I was like 14 years old. Like, everything is super simple. It's super... Like, there's no extended thought into it. It's just like, well, we need 8 yards, so I'm going to run the play that gets me 8 yards. I'm just going to run 8 yard stops for everybody. Oh, uh, this player is fast, so I'm just going to make him run go rats every single time. It's just, there's no you know, creativity to it. There's no, you know, there's no change-ups. It's all fastballs.
3: Yeah.
1: And I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm really, I, I really am having a hard time understanding the thought process behind it and and why we do the things that we do and why we are the way that we are. I mean, I just... I think the
0: most... <laughs> frustrating thing to me like so we, like we haven't used Curtis Samuel on go routes at all not a single bit we haven't we've rarely used Kelvin Mitchell on a, what like one go route uh on Sunday and it was that like into half play that we didn't get up and spike it after everything else is like the same thing everybody has like their one job that they do for every single play and so it's just like y- we talked about that power run play that gets blown up all the time if you see Andrew Norwell pull. You know exactly where the ball is going as soon as it's snapped, and you just fly through that gap and you clog up that lane. There's no play action coming off of it. There's no counter coming off of that. There's there's nothing. It's just a if Andrew Norwell takes one step back, you you just run to the the opposite tackle, and that's that's where you have a meeting yeah. with the ball. Exactly. I hear a lot and... about you know, like hear about a lot about like when uh, especially when we watch other games because other teams actually do this. About you know we run this play now you look at that and I watch they're going to come back and they get that same look and they're going to do something else with it but it's like every play call we make kind of exists in a vacuum you know what I mean like
1: yeah we don't, I think you're right we
0: don't it's like we don't say all right we're going to run this play four times so by the fourth quarter when we go we show them that look we'll switch it up on them and hit this counter to it it's just kind of like all right uh it's the second, oh, we threw an incompletion on first down? Uh, that means we've got to do this power uh, power right with John Stewart. Can't, can't throw two incompletions in a row. There's, and then that's it. That's all the thought that goes into it. There's no thought of, like, all right, we need to set the defense up for this play later in the game. It's just kind of like, uh, what's on the third down play sheet? Uh, quarterback keeper? Run the quarterback keeper.
1: So It's almost like they're coaching, and they believe they're coaching against a team that has amnesia.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like every play is exists completely independent of all the plays that have been run.
2: So we're hitting the uh, It's
0: been more than a half an hour like year. we planned.
2: So yeah. Um I guess I'll end it with this. So Brad, do you think Mike Shula should be fired?
1: <laughs> uh yeah. I don't think they should have been brought home from Chicago. Alright. John, what I do think? I think both Ron Rivera and Mike Shula should be fired. I stand by every word I wrote earlier today.
2: Hey, you made, you made some fair points, man. And obviously, Ron and J- Mike Shula have not really changed since day one between the two of them. Whether it was Ron being a head coach and Mike Shula being the offensive coordinator, it's still the same old shit with these guys, so... They don't seem to learn from their mistakes. They seem to default into uh, conservative mode, and they seem to continue to not get it. So I understand that. Um, John, what, what are your thoughts?
0: All right. So I, I left this comment in the uh, – I think it was in Brad's article about we should fire everybody. Um, and it didn't, uh, much, <laughs> and it, didn't, it didn't get as much – plug. And it didn't get as much of a response as I expected it to. And – but – so I looked at our team's yards yards per play since we've had Cam Newton and Ron Rivera and the whole crew here, and the two years that Chudzinski was here, we were fourth and seventh in yards per play, and then we replaced Chudzinski with Shula, and we plummeted to twenty-first. And we've been and we had one year where we were fifteenth, um, and that was two thousand fifteen. Every other year, we've been in the twenties, so we've been one of the bottom teams in the league in terms of offensive efficiency since Mike Shula's been our offensive coordinator. And that, even when he was inheriting almost the exact same roster, that Rob Chitinski would able to make the top ten offense. And I thought maybe that had something to do with the fact like, oh, Mike Shul, you know, more conservative, maybe we just run the ball more. And so, naturally, you know, more runs means fewer yards per play. Uh, that's not the case. We run the ball just as much as we always. We've never changed kind of our run-pass split. And it's just coincidentally enough, when Shul has been our offensive coordinator, we just don't move the ball as well.
2: Yeah, I hmm. agree. It's it's weird. Kaczynski was way more creative when it came to play calling, and he made shit work. Is basically the best way I can put it. Like he had his got, he was able to take the pieces the Panthers had and create a top ten offense with it, no matter how bad the team was. So I think I agree. It's a really good case study to look at the fact that the Panthers didn't have a top ten defense. But still had a really great offense at that time, um, and obviously Cam Newton had just gotten in the league, so his legs were fresh. Yada yada yada. But yeah, but now,
0: yeah, but he couldn't throw as well as he does now. We were still able to manufacture.
2: He's a better quarterback now. Yes, yes
0: exactly. And, so, right. hey dog, shut up. I'm trying. I can't. I can't yell <laughs> at her. I can't. I can't yell but, at her. While I'm, while I'm on the mic,
2: that's cool. But. We're closing – we're on we're closing anyway. But, yeah, I agree. I think that Carolina would really do themselves well to find a creative offensive coordinator, a guy like Hugh Jackson, another guy like maybe Rob Chudzinski, somebody who can really diversify what they have. Because the Panthers have talent there. They really do. Like, it sucks because we, see, we sit here and we watch games, like, this past Sunday where they score three points – but we know the talent is there. They have two solid guards. They have a franchise quarterback. They have Christian McCaffrey, Kelvin Benjamin, and Devin Funch are Still, both good receivers. When Greg Olson's healthy, he's a big factor too. It's like somebody needs to make that work. But
0: there's no spot on this team. Like there's there are weaknesses. It's not perfect. Like said, so we have no deep threat in that person's team. The offensive line is good, not great. And like the tackle position is not great. But it has the and but Cam Newton. With those tools, should be good enough to be a formidable offense. At worst, like maybe not. You know, I could understand. You know, if we're not best in the league, you know, up there with the the best of the best. But it should, at worst, be above average, good offense that teams don't want to play. There is no excuse that a team with this this roster is struggling to score touchdowns on a semi consistent basis. Right.
1: You know, as much as I hate both of them as coaches and as people because they look smarmy and, like, they're just untrustworthy, the two guys who would be perfect for this Carolina Panthers team right now is either Josh McDaniels or Sean Payton. If we had either one of them, we would almost be unstoppable.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Imagine the New Orleans Saints with our defense.
0: Jesus, that's scary. (laughs)
1: Um, I mean that's that's what we would have with Sean Payton because other than Drew Brees as a throw it 5 yards, you know, exploit zones and all that kind of stuff part of his game, where is one area of the Saints offense that they are miles ahead of what we have on paper? There isn't anything. It's the coach cuz Cam Newton could run Sean Payton's offense. Yeah. You know, because Sean Payton would say, uh, you know, Cam doesn't throw that five-yard screen pass very well. Let's turn that into an 11-yard pass. You know, let's – instead of putting Jonathan Stewart out wide on a pitch, (laughs) let's do that to Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. And why isn't Curtis Samuel lining up at running back? I know we tried it one time yesterday, and it marvelously failed. And, by the way, Twitter, that's on – Curtis Samuel that wasn't on are there TV. really
0: people saying that it was on not Curtis Samuel
1: well it's mostly um talking heads that are saying it but so
2: Curtis Samuel split out too wide on the pitch and he dropped the pitch that is the well I don't care he where he was, no was. They,
1: there are people no saying and threw it threw it wrong or had too much spin on it I don't give a fuck how he threw it it hit <laughs> him in the hands <laughs> it if was- you're in the NFL and the ball hits you in the hands you catch it it's that simple on top of that you don't run an option
2: route 15 yards away from your quarterback. I'm sorry. Get get closer to the quarterback. That's on Samuel. uh, The fact that that Samuel even – or Cam even made a good pitch on that play was remarkable because that's not how far you're supposed to pitch the ball. Yeah, any
1: other quarterback, that ball falls like two yards in front of Samuel's feet. Like it never makes it to him.
0: Well, it did fall at Samuel's feet. It just hit him. Well, it did. It hit 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 him in the hands first. Yeah. That was, uh, but Yeah, I was. mean,
1: we, if we could figure out a way to get somebody like Sean Payton, like, I'm hoping the Saints, like, blow it the rest of the year so they'll fire him, because that's the kind of coach we need. We need somebody like that. Agreed. Josh McDaniels would be fine with me, because I think Bill Belichick's going to fire everyone, um, <laughs> you know, within the next couple of weeks, because he's so unhappy with what they're doing, and they're they're 5-2, and two, but he's still unhappy. Um But, you know, we we need somebody who can look at what we have and say, hey, why are we doing this with Jonathan Stewart when we should be doing this with either Christian McCaffrey, Fozzie Whitaker, Curtis Samuel, Alex Armagh, or Cameron Artis Payne? And, you know, I I get it that Jonathan Stewart is a fan favorite and a coach's favorite, but
2: Hard hard
1: worker and all that stuff, it's time to transition away. And, you know, he needs to be the third down back.
0: So if you guys I mean, look at the next-gen stats, both of our running backs, and I understand this from McCaffrey, but both of them are among the league leaders in amount of time spent in the backfield for handoff. McCaffrey is understandable because that's kind of the kind of back he is. Uh, John Stewart, I feel like, <laughs> takes so long in the backfield, not because he dances around, but because he just takes so long to get to the, to the line of scrimmage and do something.
2: Yeah. Or Matt Khalil ends up in his face. <laughs>
0: and he's bouncing. He's pinballing off linemen as he tries to get back to the yeah. line scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, well, hey, we're still four and three. Hey, we, we're still four and three. We are four and three. That's true. You might get your wish, Brad. Have an
2: opportunity. In fact, the only team that really has done well in the NFC South over the last few weeks has been the Saints. So the Panthers definitely have a shot if they can right the ship. But...
3: You That's not your- for us
2: to decide. You know, we are just here to critique the team and uh, throw our hot takes out there and throw our negative Nancy personas
0: out there. So, Brad, you might get your wish, and we might actually just be in the hunt. We
1: yeah, I, to- I, I, you know, I I said that earlier in the year, and I mean, I guess it's a be careful what you wish for kind of deal. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be nice to to be able to write articles about playoff scenarios that don't involve you know the panthers are 3-8 and 1 and they need every team in the NFC to lose you know it would be nice to be able to do something that well if the panthers win and these two teams lose then the panthers can be the fourth seed you know that i want to do that but <laughs> damn i don't want to go down i don't want to go down this road to get there
2: <laughs> this is why it's this is why it's happening Brad and this is why we can't have next thing
0: this is like when you got when you first took over as the man editor and Dave Tittle got fired like right away. It just is.
1: Yeah, there were two or three things that happened. Welcome like, welcome to your trial by
0: <laughs>
2: fire. Like exactly,
0: taking over.
1: It's um, crazy.
2: All right. Well, I think we've uh... used well, well, along our, a lot of time, but we will be back later this week, guys. Um, so, Brad, John, any parting words for
0: us? No, nah, I got my my all my thoughts out.
1: I'm going to say it one more time. Jr. if you are listening to this podcast, which is awesome in way more ways than one, please fire Ron Rivera and Mike Shula. We can't take it anymore. We just just can't do it. We just can't do it. So if you really want to win a Super Bowl as much as you claim, then you've got to make changes. And don't hire whoever's – retread defensive coordinator
0: that's already like you know, 65 somebody years like old. leslie
1: frazier or todd bowles or somebody no hire a young guy like sean mcvey and look at what he's done in in, in los angeles hired the next sean mcvey
2: well all i can say as we close out is the panthers will probably fi- will probably hire uh rob ryan after that solid out that he had going on
3: so
2: <laughs> all right well from all of us here at CSR and the 4th and Short Podcast. Have a great day, week, and hopefully the Panthers are
3: not so shitty next week.
1: See, see you guys later. Later.
3: I've been so good to you Whatever you need, not there for me Expecting you to be a remedy Doing what you please Still making me sick at the thought of you and me I stay with you for a week, don't answer ghost But you're hung up on me. I'm by the phone, and I wish I could breathe. I'm so good for you, but you're so bad for me. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that it's me that you're missing. Now you're trying to speak, and I don't wanna listen. too bad for you. You got my sympathy, I'm sober now. And I can finally see the claim.